You are now tuned in to the Chaotic Culture Podcast. It's the KKP on your mother flipping airways. Hear the name ringing through the halls and the stairways. You are listening to a bar that can segway. All the latest toppers guaranteed to fill your headspace. It's a safe place to voice your opinion. Say what you feel just like you're a kid again. Kid to pro and friends, black as obsidian. Chaotic culture, that's the world we living in. So what's the word? What up, what up, what up? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Chaotic Culture Podcast, the pod where chaos rules and black culture is supreme. This podcast will deep dive into modern black culture and how millennials and Gen Z can navigate the crazy parts from finances, music, black business highlights, home ownership, HBCUs, sports, black nerdum, anime, wrestling, and if it encompasses black culture, we're going to cover it. Live from the 7-5, I am the host and the creator of the Chaotic Culture Podcast. This is your boy, Ked the Pro, a.k.a. the Calculator Millennial, a.k.a. the Encore Presentation. Now, can I get an Encore? Do you want more? A.k.a. your favorite music nerd's favorite music nerd, a.k.a. your mama allowed you to have social media to meet niggas like me. A.K.A. Ked the Poet, Ked the Closer. The 843 is me, but VA is where I stay. Always chaotic, never toxic most days. Back again, once again, with your favorite Black culture highlights and Black culture shenanigans. Uh, this is Thanksgiving week. Um, when By the time you listen to this episode, it'll be the day before Thanksgiving. So I hope that for those who, quote-unquote, celebrate this day, um, I hope that you get the opportunity to spend time with family, friends, and I hope that you get to eat good. That's the most important thing. Please be safe while you are on the road listening to this. And I hope that this episode will allow, you know, a little bit of a reprieve from your travel. So if you're traveling on the road right now, if you're in the air, be sure that you turn this up a little bit and listen to us. And hopefully, you know, we'll make the trip much quicker. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the two co-hosts that I have with me tonight. Of course, the first lady of the pod is in the building. Miss Nasa, please go ahead and introduce yourself, ma'am. Hello, everyone, and good morning. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day so far. It's your girl, Nasa, a.k.a. Nakaso, a.k.a. Miss Tony Noir, a.k.a. Just that vibe, you know what I'm saying? Yo, welcome hey. to the station, and good vibes, good vibes only. Again, I hope everybody's having a wonderful um, day, and uh, we're just going to get into it. So how's everybody been? Doing good, doing good. Uh, I got some, you know, stuff that I got to talk about as far as mental health, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the uh, the newest member of the pod, the menace from Texas, my boy, Scuba Steve. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, yo, what's going on? It is I, Scuba Steve, a.k.a. Scholar's Dad or whatever, a.k.a. the Instant Negator, a.k.a. I cosplayed as one costume and ca- played two different characters. Oh, how y'all doing? <laughs> doing good man doing good if you have not uh known steve that yes he did do that uh especially um was that dream god 2022 that you did that yeah it was 2022 i was like yagami and philly philly the kid the very next day with the same cosplay if you can make it work you can make it work so he he was able to pull that off not everybody can do that so as we start, of course, we got to start with our uh, mental health segment. You know, got to make sure that we check on everybody's mental health. So um, I'm going to start with the lady first. Of course, Nasa, how has your mental health been? Um, my mental health has been okay. Um, you know, it just feels like I'm just, you know, I'm living. <laughs> you know, one, one thing 
one thing's for sure, two things for certain, I'm living. Um, but my mental health has definitely been okay. So I've been in the process of trying to move, um, different move to another state. So mm-hmm. that in itself has been kind of stressful and, and tedious. Um, but I am keeping my head up and just, you know, staying the course and trusting God in the process. So that's where I'm at. Amen. Amen. Did you tell us what state you were trying to move to? I'm trying to move to Atlanta. Ah, trying to move to good old Georgia. Okay. I'm trying to move to the good old Georgia. I am. Um, but right now, and I just came from Atlanta. Um, and it, it's it still felt pretty good. It still felt pretty good. Um, okay. but I think, you know, I should broaden my options as far as like living on the outskirts instead of trying to live in the city. Please. Please. Um, you know that that's <laughs> your answer. <laughs> your answer is literally like I've been told that a lot. Like to live on the outskirts, don't try to live in the city. So I've been looking at, into some places like in the De- Decatur. Okay. To see, to see what that their area is looking like. So. Listen, no matter what part of Atlanta you move to, the traffic there is going to be hell anyway. So your best bet, of course, is to, again, just move to the, the one of the outskirts of Atlanta. Don't live in the actual city because, yeah, it's it's a lot to deal with already. I I thought about maybe moving to Atlanta one day, but then I was like, mm, yeah, maybe not. Um, I think I my services are probably going to be more of use in the D.C. area, but we will see. We will yeah. see. You know, life is a, a strange thing. Chocolate City, huh? Hey, man, I'm just saying, like, I've every time I go to D.C., I always have a vibe. Now, I might not move exactly, like, in D.C., but we're talking, like, the DMV area. A lot of my friends are still up there. A lot of my college friends are up there. I've got family that stays up there as well. So it would not be a difficult move if I decide to go there, though I will say the cost of living, I'm not looking forward to, but I mean, that's, that's, that comes with the territory, I guess. In the meantime, Steve, how have you been, brother? Man, I've been all right, bro. I can't lie. I'm, you know, working, working my ass off, trying to stretch, you know, I'm stretching myself thin kind of, but you know what I'm saying? I'm still maintaining. I'm still maintaining. Doing all the it mob stuff, doing all the, the comic stuff, the wake the dead and payback and trademarks and stuff like that. That shit is, is wearing on me a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. The show must go on. Um son birthday party was this weekend. So with the shenanigans, took him out there. We went like axe throwing and played some arcade games and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? Spending time with the fam and just doing stuff like that. And I'm ready, ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready to start cooking and throwing down, throwing off my skills. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good mentally, bro. Real good. That's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. First and foremost, to say that you've been working. I'm like, wait, wait, you work, Steve? What? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, the driving job is still a thing now, too. So, like, I'm really working now. <laughs> oh, okay. Too much stuff. Hey, man. I hey, I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you, man. Do what you got to do. But uh, it's nice to hear, of course, that your, your your son's birthday party went well. Um, I am excited to see what you got for Wake the Dead, as well as the other stuff that uh, you are working on, as well as stuff that I might be working on with you when it comes to the mob and other things. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, man, yes, definitely, definitely yes, looking forward to it. Um, shit. Uh, as far as Thanksgiving, man, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to fly back out to Texas, bro, and I- I'm going to hit you up at your crib again because 
the the first time that I came to your crib, July fourth, twenty twenty one, and yeah, you threw down in the kitchen, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do a little something, something. I try to keep it under wraps. I don't be wanting a whole bunch of people to know, but you know, what I'm saying I do a little something, something. Hey, man, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. But hey, uh, I ain't gonna say. You know, and spread it out to the entire world that you, 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 you great uh, in the kitchen, of my my guy. But I mean, listen, niggas that's, who know how to cook, like we. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, we, we, we do this shit. Um, speaking of which, I gotta, I gotta that's talk the degree, to man. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta talk that's to. That's what my degree is in. So. Oh, I didn't know it was in culinary shit. I shit, had I known. <laughs> I just don't. Dang. I don't say nothing. Just be like, let them. I let everybody else cook. <laughs> I'll just be chilling. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, uh, just to get back on track, uh, for me, my mental health has really been up and down. Uh, for those who know, of course, uh, and I posted it on Facebook, so I can kind of talk about it here. I did lose a uh, fellow Eagle Scout slash mentor slash uh, frat brother who. Um, who passed away uh not too long ago um from uh i'm not gonna say from what but i mean it was very very sudden uh so you know my my prayers are still going out to the to the williams family um big big rest in peace to my big brother otis williams the second uh i am definitely going to do all i can to make sure that his children are supported and it's it's really just such a sad thing to hear you know a good dude pass away at such a young age dude was only 46 and so it's 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 really i'm just still trying to wrap my mind around that but um also i had a uh in legal terms it's first cousin once removed but when you have older cousins like that you basically call them your aunt so um my aunt Mert did uh pass away uh she was battling two forms of cancer so it was it was a struggle Honestly, this past this past couple of weeks were a struggle because that was a double whammy. My mentor passed away that Wednesday, and then that Friday, my aunt passed away. I was I was not in a good headspace. I'm, I'm better now. I got a chance to grieve where I could, and I'm still technically grieving. But I am using that opportunity to just begin the healing process and knowing that you know things will only get easier as time moves on, um, and just committed to their memory. Uh, my my aunt was one of the and I like to ta- tout her as one of the greatest educators of South Carolina. Uh, she was in the education system for numerous years, uh, teaching at Esto High School in um, deep in South Carolina. So she, such a phenomenal woman. And I'm glad that she was part of my family. So um, just y'all continue praying for me and praying for my family and just making sure that, you know, that I'm good because that that really really hurt um especially considering that the year that i've had already was who boy 2023 was uh a slap in the face and it really i it's a lot of things it it beat my ass this year i'm not gonna hold y'all it 2023 literally like if this was a boxing match i'd be down in round six but either way we move forward yeah it's it's been rough man (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Trials don't last forever. You're right. They don't, man. They don't. So I just got to keep pushing and keep moving forward. Uh, With that in mind, let's go ahead and change gears a little bit. Uh, So 
I, I wanted to bring this up because there was a couple things that I wanted to mention about this. So if you haven't heard already, which you should have heard about this, Andre 3000 dropped a album. This was not a rap album. This was pretty much him playing the flute. The album itself was called New Blue Sun. Now, I listened to most of the album. I'm not finished yet. But he told y'all in these interviews, you know, the kind of album that he made. And he was trying to make a rap album. But this is the way that the wind blew, which is oddly enough, one of the titles of one of the songs. And honestly, his thing was him trying to connect. Now, there's a lot of discourse between, you know, what he said and, you know, how people may feel about it, because, you know, that you still have rappers who are rapping past their prime, quote unquote. Um, some may be trying to cater to audiences that they have no business catering to. And then some, you know, have stayed in their lane. So with that in mind, the album is fine. I'm a musician. If it's good music, I'm a listen. It don't matter if it's rap, if it's funk, if it's blues, if it's jazz. I do kind of mind if it's country because I can only take about so much country. But if, you know, if I know that it is going to be an album that's not rap and it's going to be a different kind of music, I'm going to make sure that I, you know, turn my rap brain off and actually listen. Because, again, I marched in the band for eight and a half years. I was, if you include high school, so I've been in jazz bands, I've been in orchestras i've been in concert bands and symphonic winds so i can truly appreciate the kind of music that he released and honestly i played it yesterday while i was doing chores and it helped me get through a lot of my chores it, it was a really uh album that was full of zen and so i just wanted to make people aware that listen when you listen to this album don't go in there expecting rap like at all this is not a rap album, which that brings up another point, but I'm going to get to my co-host first. I just wanted to let that be known. Like, if you've listened to this album, do not go in there with the expectations of it being a rap album. Like, go in there and find a way to expand your palate. And so, yeah, and look, look uh, Steve, I see that you're trying to come in on the computer. Hang on. Uh, let me go ahead and... And, oh, and there we go. So, yeah, I uh, I just wanted to make that comment because I, I know that there were a lot of people who were like, well, there's three stacks and they thought that maybe they might hear some rapping in there. And then they were sorely disappointed. And some of them were like trying to give like bad reviews because he wasn't rapping. And I'm like, he told y'all what kind of album this was going to be. Like he literally right. told y'all, and y'all still didn't listen. But anyway, uh, any comments? So one of the funniest things that uh, I saw one of my homeboys say he plays the trombone. He was mm -hmm. like musicians. He was all like, "Don't argue with anybody that's calling this a flute album." He said, "Just stand down and let them go." <laughs> he said he was all like, "We're not arguing with these niggas at all." He was like, "If you're a musician at all, and you arguing with people that's calling it a flute album." He was like, y'all are doing that to yourselves, bro. He was all like, but mm -hmm. anybody that's been in band or a musician at all, that y'all appreciate this album. And that's just how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I played the violin for like two years when I was like in fourth through sixth grade. And then my daughter is a trombone player right now. So like, I can appreciate 
you know what I'm saying, the music and stuff. So even though I've only listened to the first two tracks, but I can still appreciate it without having going in there with a mind of, oh, ain't nobody rapping, so this is going to be trash. Plus, I mean, I listen to lo-fi, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. So, like, you know what I'm saying? This doesn't bother me at all. So there's just some people that just can't get out of their own way. They really can't. Nasa, did you have any comments? I know that you hadn't listened to it yet, but I just wanted to hear your opinion. No, um, well, I have not listened to it yet, but I do feel um, um, I, I do feel that I am kind of like excited to uh, listen to it. Um, I think this, of course, this is something new for Andre, and um, you know, I think hopefully, like this vibes. I can't really say too much about because I haven't really listened to it, um, but. You know, just like Steve said, like I, I also myself listen to lo-fi and, you know, just like rapless music or lyricless music or just, you know, may may turn on some jazz here and there and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I am excited to see what Andre, uh, Andre 3000 kind of put together. And hey, if it's a vibe, it's a vibe. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I kind of wish more people would, you know, get that or they would understand exactly what this album comes from. But I I understand that a lot of people are not musically inclined and a lot of people don't appreciate that kind of music. So me personally, again, I enjoyed it. I knew what it was. And again, this ain't no flute album. Of course, there's more music involved with this, but still it was a a very, very um, good experience for me. You know, if you just sit down, do nothing like if you're into if you want to meditate, this is great music for you. If you just want to do things around the house, it's good music. I mean, even if you just want to sit there and listen and just listen to the sounds, it's still good. But you just have to temper your expectations. Don't go into this thinking, you know, this is a rap album. It's not. Which brings me to my next port point, excuse me, because Pitchfork. <sighs> I, yeah, so. Um, we all know about, you know, reviews and review magazines and how they review music and shit like that. Pitchfork still put this album in the rap slash experimental category. And I just was sitting there looking dumbfounded. Like, what the, f- what what are we doing here, guys? Just and this case, is the- go ahead, go ahead, Steve. I about to say, just in case they win an award, they don't want it to be a black man winning an award in that category. It's what it felt like to me. Right. <laughs> That's that's what it sounds like, man, because this is this is the exact thing that Tyler, the creator, was talking about when he made Igor. Like that, that is not a rap album by any stretch. And yet it won mm-hmm. rap awards. And he was just like, what? This isn't a rap album. Mm-hmm. But because he's a rapper, they've confined him to this box. Like, oh, if you're a rapper doing something outside of rap, we're still going to classify the album as rap, even though it's not. That don't make no fucking sense to me. Excuse my language. It's just it. It's mind boggling because again, there's there's literally no lyrics on this album whatsoever. It is literally just all sounds like it is musical instruments, and yet you still put this in rap. Pitchfork. I I don't get it, but maybe I do, and and I say that because as Steve said, this is like y'all are trying to confine. Uh, a rap artist in the box that is rap when he's trying to do something different and it doesn't make any sense how would it 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 would be really really strange if say an artist like i don't know i'm gonna just throw a random artist like that let's let's say 
uh, Coyle Ray, just, just because that's the first name that popped into my head. Say Coyle Ray decided that she wasn't going to rap no more and she was, you know, going to play the violin and mm-hmm. drop an album of her strictly playing the violin. And then y'all still consider that rap. Like, do you know how stupid that sounds? Or if someone like Victoria Monet decided that she was going to go and do like country and yet mm-hmm. y'all still classify it as R&B. Like, I, I just, I get it because, again, they really want to confine Black people into, like, the three categories of hip-hop, R&B, and gospel. But Black people can be so much more than that, especially Black artists. It just, it didn't make any sense for me. But I had to rant about that because that made absolutely no sense when I saw that uh, article posted on Twitter slash X slash whatever. So any comments on that? Yeah, my like I said, my thing was I just feel like just in case he wins an award in a predominantly, you know, white category, I don't think they want him to, you know what I'm saying, be get that. So they just was like, okay, let's have him in the rap category. That way you don't have to honor it. Um mm-hmm. cuz I feel like ever since Lil Nas X won some country awards and stuff like that, it's been like a crazy, like, hold on, let's make sure shit like this don't happen again and stuff like that. Right. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't like it. I definitely don't appreciate it. It, it is absolutely nuts. Uh, Nasa? Um, I really don't have a comment on on that. Until, I until like, I really listen to the project, it's... I ain't got much to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's it's perfectly fine. You know, I just wanted to see if you had a comment on at least that particular uh subject of putting albums by black artists into those three defined categories when they really don't meet the criteria. But I mean, it's done, it's been done before. Like, definitely artists. You know, artists that are like predominant in one genre have switched over to another genre. So, exactly. um. You know, I don't. I don't think this is anything new. Um, I think that he, I think that you know, as an artist, he's probably just exploring different avenues of his craft, and he has the right to. So, I, and I and I full heartedly agree with that. You know, I'm just a little upset that these um these outlets are trying to still classify it as if it's some sort of rap album, and it's like these artists are allowed to be more than just what. The majority of their career was and so mm-hmm. that's just me personally but oh for sure I, I also think that like i feel like people should stop putting creatives in such a such a box mm-hmm. um because creativity just goes beyond just a certain genre like people are multifaceted in their creativity um and so since Andre is a creative. I don't feel like he should be put in this box, and people should be more welcome. Uh, should definitely be welcoming, um, to I guess you could say like a newer a newer era of Andre three thousand. You feel me? Agreed. I mean, and another thing, they don't have a problem, um, in a sense, putting other races in the right category. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Because wasn't Post Malone a country artist first, and then he transitioned over to pop or R and B or whatever they want to put him in now? Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his career started with country. And yeah, um, country and folk songs, I believe. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, but like, hello, guys, what are we doing? And then um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that first album, I, I believe, was also in some rap categories, too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have no problem letting them transition. So I don't understand why they have a problem with us doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand why, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely get why. Uh, or rather, I don't get why, but I understand what the what their motive is clearly. But anyway, guys, uh, again, if you haven't listened to New Blue Sun, please be sure that you do yourself a favor and go listen to it when you have a moment of uh, peace and tranquility. Listen to that album. Put those sound those that album on. I promise you, those sounds are actually going to do wonders for you. I kid you not. And if you can appreciate the kind of music that we're talking about here. If you can appreciate not having to like listen to rap from once in a you know every now and again, like you'll appreciate this album. If you love music, this this is a good album for you. But in the category of rap, we are going to transition from Andre's album to uh Drake's new EP slash extended deluxe edition of For All the Dogs, uh Scary Hours 3. I did listen to this, and all I'm going to say is this is the f- this is what we wanted the first time, Drake. Why couldn't you just do this the first time? Hmm. why did you have to go back and do this like i'm not saying that it's not appreciated it is it's just i have to laugh at it because i i'm literally going to say drake got bullied into doing this and (laughs) don't let don't let the internet tell you anything different y'all bullying works in the correct context obviously i ain't talking about like you know hating on people or whatnot but when when it comes to stuff like this bullying works because mm-hmm. clearly that man felt the way about joe budden saying what he had to say about that damn album and i guess he may have had felt a way about what critics were saying so this man went back recorded six new songs where he's doing five of them he's doing nothing but spitting and it's just mm-hmm. like well damn drake where where was this at we've been waiting on this for like four five albums now and even even then i still i feel like he was he went in there and just rapped but i still Mm -hmm. felt like it was still a shadow of himself you know what i'm saying of his old stuff he still wasn't that drake but it was like at least it's better than what we have been getting Mm -hmm. these last couple albums um it's funny, oddly enough, Joe Budden, that's what he was saying, though. He was like, that's what we need. We need Joe. We need Drake to just rap and all this other stuff. I'm a huge fan of him, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was all like, oh, Joe Hayden and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he need to make music that goes to his uh, fans and stuff, not trying to make songs for kids and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody was saying Joe Budden was hating. Drake came out and was like, this nigga's a one-hit wonder. And then turned around and did exactly what Joe Budden asked him to do exactly i I had to laugh at it It was like at the end of the day bro you did exactly what joe budden wanted so really and truly joe won uh you can say all the shit that you want about him you can make uh all the snide comments or even subliminals on the album that you did towards him at the end of the day he's sitting there smiling like yes sir okay we got i got what i wanted i'm good now (laughs) This is what we asked for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if guys, if you are a Drake fan and you haven't listened to the, at least the extended EP, uh, do yourself a favor and honestly do it. You know, it's as Steve said, it's not the Drake of old, but 
it's still better than what we've been getting. And to be honest, six of those songs on Scary Hours, three could replace a good bit of those tracks that were on the original album. And I would honestly rate the album higher. Mm-hmm. But that's just yeah. me personally, because yeah. I said that this was like a C minus album and the Scary Hours addition to the album actually brought it to like a B B minus solid B. If you take out a few of those tracks that were on there, that's considered fluff and mm-hmm. replace it with the scary hours three edition without it being like an extended project, this might actually be a B B plus a minus project. Maybe, mm-hmm. but that's just me in my personal opinion. But again, you know, that's, that's just me. I'm, I'm not a Drake hater by any stretch, but it's not I I'm have given up on the idea of getting um nothing was the same Drake back. Oh, I, yeah. I think those days are long past. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> oh I think I think he even said it on one of the tracks anymore. He's like the he can't rap like that anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least you admitted it. <laughs> and and the song with J. Cole again, I was just like, stop doing this to yourself, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, stop. I get it. Like, y'all are friends and y'all fuck with each other. Y'all about to go on tour. More than likely, I wouldn't be surprised if Drake tried to talk him into doing a collab album. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, don't do this. Stop doing this to yourself, bro. Like, yeah, I'm doing this. The only person that I want to do a collab album with Cole is Kendrick. Like, I don't want anybody else to do this. <laughs> like, stop that doing for it. years, man. And they had something in the chamber at one point, but they it never got released. I'm like, man, if y'all don't go back and just make a whole new album where y'all are now in life, yeah, like it's still, I promise you, it'll still. Do it's gonna do numbers regardless, but Crazy. damn. Yeah. Or if they do like if they play off of J. Cole saying we the big three, and Drake can if they can somehow get Drake and Kendrick to cool, you know what I'm saying, and do it like a big three type mm-hmm. album, that shit would be fire too. If we if we got a big a big three album, bro, the internet would literally break. Yeah. That that <laughs> shit would Spotify would be fucking broken. You wouldn't be able to stream it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, that would be something. That would really be something. I'd, I'd listen. I don't know who I gotta get, but I'll write a letter and be like, "Look, whatever." I'll write the Drake like, "Bro, whatever issues that you got with Kendrick, man, cool it," and then yeah. do the same thing. Kendrick, like, "Yo, whatever issues you got with Drake, if you have any issues at all, y'all just put it to the side, shake hands, become friends again, make this big three album for the culture, and we will chill." Would cra- that would be crazy. Somehow we should make this go viral. Clip this. <laughs> hey, I, I'm 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 dead ass serious. Like, look, who do I gotta write to? Like, I I can't write the top dog anymore. So, like, do I need to write a letter to PG Lang and and OVO and be like, hey, do something. Like, get get Dreamville in on this. Like, have all three of them have a powwow, sit down. Uh, uh, what what do you call? Let's let's have a mediator come in or an arbitrator come in and, and whatever issues that y'all got, settle it right then and there. Make an album. Like, I'm I'm dead ass. Like, I, I want to see that big three album. That'd be insane. Indeed. Indeed. Speaking yeah. of the tour, of course, we got the biggest of what tour that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are a lot of cities that are, are missing, but according to um, internet sources, they were p- picking cities where Drake and J. Cole were pretty much like focusing on when they were coming up. So I didn't see 
it's a relatively short tour too on top of that i didn't see any dates for dc which is kind of disappointing because like if they came to dc i damn sure would have been like yo let me go up and check them both out but that's not happening i don't remember exactly what cities they've got up so i'm gonna try and see if i can find the schedule real quick uh but it it is nice to see that uh they are doing something you know to capitalize on the hype of the two songs they have obviously just dropped together with a first person shooter and then this last uh ep so uh, I am interested in seeing where that goes and how that turns out. Uh, but me personally, again, I just kind of wish they were coming to DC. But now, because they're not, I'm more determined to try and get to a uh, Dreamville Fest like like you. Uh, yes, Steve. Definitely oh, want to try there, and get down there. Yeah, I, we gotta go. If you as soon if you get the tickets, bro, let me know. <laughs> oh yeah, for damn sure. Mm-hmm. For damn sure. Like I thought about maybe doing C2E2 that weekend, but I was like, you know what? It'd probably be easier to go to Raleigh than it would be to Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. So and, and literally Raleigh is like three hours away from me. So even if I like move somewhere else, I can still get to Raleigh easier than I would be able to get to uh Chicago at the moment. So I could do C2E2 at another time. I'm not in a big rush, but yeah. I, I definitely gotta do Dreamville Fest this year, so I'm I'm definitely gonna be saving up my coins and maybe try to get on this payment plan so I can uh, grab these tickets and then find a way to get down there. I may just do that instead of something in the water, but I, I haven't heard anything about the schedule for something in the water yet, which would more than likely be around the same time. That's the only reason why I was kind of holding off, but I haven't done Dreamville yet. I've done something in the water three times now, so. Mm. Try something different. Try something different. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's that. Um, any of the comments before we uh, move on? No, okay. All right. All right. Uh, any new shows that anybody's picked up since we last talked? Mm, I'm doing Invincible. Um. I recently did Twisted Metal. Didn't really give me that same effect that uh, my youth. That I, I, it's not what I thought I was gonna get. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Twisted Metal. Um, I haven't, but it's uh, it's something that I did want to watch, but I was a little skeptical. With like, is this gonna be like how the games were? Is is it gonna give me that feeling, or am I just gonna be feeling like, yeah, it's okay? Uh, they made it into like a wacky comedy, like a. It's really over the top action, but mm-hmm. comedy with it. So it's like I don't know. I don't know how to explain. If you if you really were thinking you were gonna get something dark like the old Twisted Metal feel, just you don't don't go in there thinking like that. Think mm-hmm. of um, I don't know. Just think of a fun action movie like a comedy action movie. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but it's a 30, 30 minute episodes. It's very over the top. And stuff like that. I I didn't. I watched it, but it wasn't twisted metal. If that makes sense, it didn't feel like twisted metal. <laughs> All right, I got you. I got you. Um, what else did I watch? Um, no, I think that's it. I watched the second season of um the show called uh, Deserter Police uh, on Netflix. 
it's a K drama type thing or whatever. Hmm. But it's um basically about these dudes that hunt down people that went AWOL from their military. Oh wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cause they they dive into why the people are going AWOL because they're being abused by their higher ups. So it, it it's a deep show, but then the action is still fire too. It's a pretty good show. Hmm. I might have to check that out. Uh okay. Did you have anything else? No, no, that's it for me. Okay. Uh, NASA, did you pick up anything new? No, I haven't actually have not seen any new shows. Um, I don't know, have you seen the new um Castlevania Nocturnal? Oh yeah, Castlevania Nocturne. We I'd crush that same day. Like <laughs> the same day, yes, absolutely. So I I possibly could be late on it, but I just like I finished it. I just maybe, and this is just me, I don't like how it ended. I wish that they had continued with the second season. So I knew like what was going to <laughs> what was going to happen. But you know, Castlevania. I love me some Castlevania, but if anybody who is in charge of the scripting for Castlevania, I'm going to need y'all to go ahead and make a season two. I need to know what happens. I think a season two did get uh, approved for Castlevania Nocturne, but I'm just like you. Honestly, in general, since I've gotten older, I've realized how much I cannot stand cliffhangers. I don't like cliffhangers. Like, I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's going on. And that was such a big cliffhanger. The way it ended, I was just like, I'm so upset. It, yeah, likewise. Likewise. I will say that the only cliffhanger that I kind of enjoyed this year was uh, the Spider Man Across the Spider Verse because I knew that was going to be a cliffhanger. I, I was fully aware of, okay, there's another part that's coming to this. So, expect the cliffhanger and when i saw it i was like okay you know what i'm satisfied but with that i wasn't expecting one at all and when i got the cliffhanger that we got i was just like well damn i can't get any i can't get any more that's <laughs> it really absolutely what are we doing here like can hey. we get can we get eight more episodes please but good i'm glad that you got a chance to enjoy the the actual anime itself castlevania is is like that and, and for me it's always been like that so yeah, it's great. I like I absolutely love um Castlevania. I've seen I've seen both the original one and the Nocturnal one, but the original one didn't have such a didn't have a cliffhanger. Like it made sense. Nocturnal mm. did. And I did would have just thought that they would have been prepared for a second season so I can just go ahead and just like you know, <laughs> just can know what's going on, but no, they had a huge cliffhanger. But that's all right if they're approved for a second season. Go ahead and drop that because yeah, huge. I I I will say I was not expecting uh Castlevania to leave us with um uh, I'm gonna say bruised private parts because I'm like not everybody in here is a dude, so you can't say blue balls. But <laughs> yeah, they they literally had you by that. Oh, you thought that you was getting another episode? Okay, well, uh, keep watching this, and we might drop a season two. But until right. then, you go get this cliffhanger, and this is like y'all sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. I, I'm I'm cool, and I'm tuning in to the next season. Uh, with that. I'm going to talk about uh, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. 
I did binge that. Uh, for those who are, you know, fans of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, like me, I was ready for this anime to drop and I watched all eight episodes in one sitting. And I can honestly say that I enjoyed it. It was definitely a different take on the story. It was like, this is like an alternate timeline, almost. I'm not going to spoil it for those who have not seen it and, you know, you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, but definitely watch it. It is very interesting and it'll leave you confused at parts, but in the end, it, it'll start to make all, all the sense. You're like, oh, okay, this is what's happening because it just seems like a lot of random stuff just happens throughout each episode, but then it all adds up at the very end. Um, I gave it a solid 8.5 out of 10. It's a good series. You know, with Scott Pilgrim, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and I think that's what makes Scott Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim is that it doesn't take itself too serious. Uh, if you're expecting, you know, anything like the movie, again, there are some elements that are very, very similar, and then there are things that are a lot different. And me personally, um, I just cannot get, I cannot get Kim screaming, we are sex bomb out of my head. It just seems like every every five seconds, I just want to yell, we are sex bomb one, two, three, four. It's like, it never leaves my head. I don't know why, but I remember when I first watched the movie, it was the same we thing, and now watching the cartoon, it's the same thing. It's like, dang, I cannot get that out of my head. But uh, if you are a fan of Scott Pilgrim, I think that you will enjoy this series. A lot of people were on the fence about it and still don't know what to make of it, but I personally enjoyed it. So, you know, take it for what it is, watch it for yourself, come up with your own opinions. Mm -hmm. All I like to say on that. Uh, all right, so real quick before we get into uh today's or tonight's main topic i just wanted to point out that you know a lot of us here that are a part of the cataculture podcast are con goers and the, the next year that's coming up we're going to see a little bit of a switch up for some of these cons now uh c2e2 is still going to be early spring for the most part that's still going to be around uh Dates are a little different than they were last year, but it's still going to be in that same time period. Momocon, for all we know, is still going to be uh, Memorial Day weekend, so that's not changing. Uh, BlurredCon is still going to be uh, the beginning of July. And then, of course, DreamCon uh, had changed from mid-July to the end of July uh, last year and will be the same this year. What's different is uh, AWA in Anime NYC. And with that in mind, it makes the con experience a little bit different because now Anime NYC has decided that they're not going to have a winter con, but they're going to move to the summer and they are moving to the end of August. I believe the dates are August 23rd to 25th, if I'm not mistaken. And then AWA or Anime Weekend Atlanta has moved from Halloween weekend to mid-December mm. and so now if you are like a big big congoer now your summer is like completely jam-packed and clearly you know unless you like rich rich and you you got money like that you're probably not gonna make every single damn con that's in the summer but between momo con eden con for those of us who know what eden con is uh blur con dream con Otakon, Anime NYC, and then Dragon Con. 
that's seven cons in a, in a span of three to four months, and not to mention other other smaller cons that's around that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of cons. Yeah. So, uh, definitely got to pick and choose wisely for you know which cons that we will be going to. Uh, Steve, have you had any like inkling of when, you know which ones you want to go to other than DreamCon? Obviously, because you know it Bob is trying to do something for that. Yeah, um, of course I'm gonna apply for all of them in the panels and stuff like that. The ones that I do want to go to are like BlurCon, um, things like that I haven't been to. So I BlurCon, I I hear it's in DC in that DMV area. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to go to the DMV area anyway. So I might as well go to BlurCon. Uh C2E2 is in Chicago. I, you know what I'm saying? I've been to Chicago and kicked it with O, but I haven't like experience the had the chicago experience so i wouldn't mind going to these different cons um mm-hmm. i don't understand how um awa is going to succeed moving from i mean halloween weekend was already like a tough you know draw anyway mm-hmm. but doing it mid-december when people are christmas shopping and stuff like that is insane. Like the people that's gonna be at that con, that's gonna be the rich con for real. Because yeah. like people are gonna be Christmas shopping and doing all this other stuff. And you expect them to get on a plane, pay for December flights, <laughs> and come out to your con. Like that's gonna be insane. I, I don't know how that one is gonna work. I've I've already had a hard time trying to get to those that con anyway for Halloween weekend. But now I think it's pretty much impossible. Um, but yeah, um, I want to go to Dragon Con, um, as well. I heard that, mm-hmm. that one is really dope as well. But like, my main eye right now is on Blur Con for the DMV. I've been wanting to go to that for a while. Bet, bet. So, yeah, if you do come up to Blur Con, of course, I, I will be up there because I said that I was going this year, like, no stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd had a chance to go last year, but I was like, let me just go ahead and try to save these con these coins for. DreamCon. I could have ran up there, but um, it also fell on a weekend where I had to work, so you know things mm. happened where they happened. But still, um, BlurCon is definitely the move uh, for us next year. And then I do want to do Anime NYC. I know that it's probably going to cost a brick, but if I can make something shake, that is definitely one that I do want to go to since it is going to be like the end of August and that would be a good time to, you know, just go up and enjoy the last parts of summer for NYC. So, you know what? I do want to at least experience it one good time. Uh, may just have to crash at Double O's house and be like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. instead of getting the hotel, I'm going to come, I'm going to come uh, say hi to your family and just crash on the couch real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, anime NYC, I, I'm, I'm already cooked on that one. I already do. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel that. But I kind of feel the same way that you do about uh, AWA. It just seems like it's just a bad spot and a bad time period to do all that. Because as you said, people are getting ready for the holidays. People are traveling. People are Christmas shopping. It just seems like having it during that particular month, that's really just going to be really hard to do. I know that there are people who are going to do it still, but it's just for me, that's just like, I don't know. You know, I went to AWA one time and I'm and I'm okay with not having to go again until the con itself becomes a little bit of a better experience. But mm. still, 
uh, it would have been nice to, you know, go down for AWA and, you know, share with the homies and whatnot. But regardless of that fact, they are moving to the um, Georgia World Convention Center um, and getting out of that Renaissance Hotel, which means that they'll have more room to, you know, expand the con as they see fit, which is, you know, good. That's a good thing. It's just moving the dates seem, you know, a bit strange, but it's risky to me, man. I feel like whoever made that call as a con, uh, what do you call it, con developer or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's just a risky move, bro. Like December, and then with flights, people flights get canceled because of snow, weather conditions, things like. I just think that that's a risky, risky move. My my opinion. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, Nasa, I know that you are not like a con goer, but has there anything or has there been any con that has like piqued your interest? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be an anime con. It could be like any convention. Wait, uh, I'm so sorry. Say that, uh, say that again. I was saying, has there been like any convention that has piqued your interest? And it doesn't have to be like anime based or comic book based. I was just wondering if there was like a a, a convention that you wanted to uh, attend at one point or another. Um, to be honest, I've actually always wanted to go to like a comic con, so like kind of get dressed up and stuff like that. Okay, I've always kind of wanted to do that, but never really had the chance to or gotten the chance to, but maybe that that's definitely on one of my bucket lists to go to like a comic con and like do like cosplay. I would, de- I would definitely do that. I think that would be fun. Okay. Well, if you do move to Atlanta, you have three opportunities to do so. Uh, again, Momocon, Dragon Dragon Con and uh, anime weekend Atlanta. They're all like in Atlanta. Uh, so uh, Momocon and Dragon Con, uh, well, MomoCon is Memorial Day weekend. Dragon Con, I think, falls closer to Labor Day. Uh, Anime Weekend Atlanta next year is going to be closer to Christmas. So, you know, if you get out there, you'll have the opportunity. You don't have to dress like an anime character. Of course, you can dress like whatever superhero that you want and still go to those cons. It's still all vibes. Uh, I have yet to go to Dragon Con or MomoCon, but that is something that I do want to attempt to do. So yeah, you have the opportunities to do so if you if you decide to go to Atlanta. And then of course there's always, you know, San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con if you you know got big money like that. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Well, I definitely will take advantage of those because that I mean they've always sounded fun every time I've you know I've heard about like a Comic Con or, um, you know, like just one of the anime shows. I've always they seemed fun. So why not try it? Why not? Yeah, they definitely are. And um, I am purposely avoiding the DreamCon discourse that's going on on Twitter slash X right now because I don't want to get Dang. involved in that. <laughs> Dang, bro. Like, yeah, I, I've, I've shared my piece. That's all I'm going to do. And I'm like, go, um, y'all, y'all got it. There's a whole town hall going on on the Twitter right now. I'm like, it's yeah. like 300 people in there. Like, what the? F- Come on, bro. One I'm- tweet did all of that. Right, <laughs> like that's insane. <laughs> like that's insane. One tweet that was deleted twelve minutes later did all of this. Mm-hmm. No, no fucking way, bro. Like no fucking way. I, I, I don't think it was just that one tweet did it. I believe that the one tweet was, I guess, a, a straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. I, granted, 
Yeah, I'm still not doing that um that town hall because again I, I looked at it last time and I saw as you said 200 300 people and I'm like oh, I'm good, <laughs> and then I they've just, been talking at it for a minute so I'm like yeah y'all got it. I just saw it. I was like I don't. Most of the time, whenever the timeline gets into a whole, we're going to talk about this. That's when I'm the most chaotic on the timeline. I'm like, <laughs> the, that's when I'm the most, I'm finding every single tweet that somebody random tweets and I'm saying something as most chaotic as I can to that tweet and then something else just to give the timelines kind of a cleanse. I mean, it does, it never works. It rarely works. But every now and then, like somebody will join in and be like, oh, that's funny. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. But yep. most of the time, the timeline continues to talk about it. But that's just my way of pushing away from it. You know what I'm saying? Deflecting away from it because I don't be wanting to be in the middle of that discourse. No, absolutely not. I'd I'd rather avoid this shit because, yeah, it's just a lot going on. And, um, yeah, it's still going. And it's still like two, two, over 200 people in that bitch. I'm good. <laughs> uh yeah y'all y'all have fun with that um just pass me the cliff notes i'll get the rest later and y'all tell me what important things i need to know and i'll go from there because yeah this yeah. this whole this whole day in the anime community was just like really y'all this is what we're doing all right cool moving on all right so our main topic ladies and gentlemen the moment that you all have been waiting for, uh, for us to get to, obviously the biggest news that happened this past weekend. We just got to talk about it from a couple of perspectives, and then you know we're gonna get up out your hair. Uh, but I just wanted to lead off this topic by saying Diddy is the villain that we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, w- really, there's there's no way around that, and just. Some of the stuff that you were hearing about Diddy throughout the years, you just you always had like that. Hmm. Some he 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 acting he moving strange. Okay, mm-hmm. well you know I know Diddy's kind of eccentric, but some of the stuff that we were hearing in tabloids or hearing on blog sites and things like that, you just like uh okay, well more Diddy nonsense. But we always knew that this situation with Cassie was serious. And so it finally came to a head where Cassie finally decided to f- file a uh, federal civil lawsuit against him for all the trauma that she had experienced during her time under the label and during her time as Diddy's significant other. Uh, for those who, for some reason, were hiding under a rock and have not heard about this story, I'm going to read an article here just to get you up to speed and yes it is from vulture.com i get it but it still kind of goes through uh what has been going on so uh cassandra ventura aka cassie sued diddy in federal court on november 16th accusing the hip-hop mainstay of rape and a decade-long pattern of abuse that began when she was 19 years old the r&b singer who was once signed to diddy's label bad boy records alleges sex trafficking human trafficking, sexual battery, sexual assault, and gender-motivated violence, among other causes of action. The filing claims his controlling behavior started when she met him in 2005. After she signed a deal with Diddy's record label the following year, he allegedly exerted complete control over her life, including her apartment, car, clothing, and even her medical records to keep her under his thumb. 
According to the lawsuit, he went so far as targeting rapper Kid Cudi, who briefly dated Cassie in 2011 during a rough patch in Diddy and Cassie's relationship, she alleges. Just one day after Cassie filed the lawsuit, she settled with Diddy out of court. Below, everything is what you'll need to know about the lawsuit, the settlement, and the music industry's response. So, um, just from that opening statement, that is a lot to process. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's, I don't want to say it's not surprising, but it's really not surprising. And it's just a lot to kind of wrap my mind around because, you know, you or a lot of us knew that Diddy was pretty much um, not, even if we didn't know that he was sexually abusing Cassie, we knew that their relationship was had domestic problems, like a lot of domestic problems. But mm-hmm. now we're seeing, you know, Cassie's side of the whole thing. And it's just like, whoa, that is a lot to intake. So before I get into like the rest of this article, does anybody have any comments? Um, He, whatever, he did it clearly. <laughs> yeah. um, settling, not only settling the next day or a couple of days, the, the, uh, the fucking statements are saying that he settled in the hundred M's. Like they were trying to, she was trying to get thirty, and he ended up settling for like in the hundred M's is what it's looking like. Whoa. If that is true, he absolutely did it, and he must have had a lot to lose for it, it to be the hundred M's. It, yeah, and. I was talking about it with my coworker and it's like, you co- of course, you know, some people are going to say, Oh, you know, Cassie just, uh, you know, did it for, you know, the money and whatnot. I'm like, it's a civil lawsuit one, you know, it's more than just about the money, man. And she took this, she was going to take this to court and she would have to relive that trauma. Mm-hmm. And this way kind of avoids all that, but not only for her sake, clearly if Diddy settled for more than what she was asking for, yeah, he definitely did that shit. And a lot of us were joking, but we were dead serious when we said Diddy ain't never settled anything that fast. Like yeah. a day after she filed the motion, you you settled. Whoa. You settled quick. <laughs> so very, very quick. Like the, I blinked and they was like Diddy and Cassie have settled out of court. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Already? Well shit. Yeah. <laughs> that the one lady, um, I don't know her name, forgive me. The the one lawyer that always <laughs> like kind of like posts trials as they're going, like with the Tory Lanes and Meg thing. And oh, yeah, Megan with, the Reporter. That's what her name is, Megan the Reporter. It's Megan Coon, if I believe, but people have yeah. started calling her Megan the Reporter. Yeah, she's the one that, you know, broke the news that it was her sources are saying around 100 million. And I'm like, that's insane if it went that high. Mm-hmm. That means when they were in negotiations, he put something out there and Cassie said no. And he kept going until they got to Cassie's number, probably. Mm-hmm. And that, and for him to be like, you know what, fine, that that would be insane. I can't wait until she comes out and confirms everything. But if that's the case, 100 M's, you you fucking did that shit. <laughs> you, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> man. 
That is that is a crazy number to go from thirty to one hundred. Like that that is insane. Seven hundred and thirty is a lot. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm saying, like, but in all seriousness, though, like he needs some help. If all all that stuff with the burn burning Kid Cudi's car, and now rumors are saying that he was holding Wale upside down by his ankles. On a balcony, I'm not what sure. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> What's happened? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I already knew that Diddy had issues, but if you remember the story about him, you know, trying to pour a drink on Kendrick because of the whole control verse and J. King Cole, New York. yeah, because of the whole mm-hmm. King of New York shit, and then J. Cole had to like step in, and then these two started having a row with each other. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. Diddy. Did he, he did he did he's wild like he he's got some shit going on but mm-hmm. after listening to all of that blowing up kid cutty's car and as you said hold like holding wally by his ankles over about that is that over is a balcony thing yeah once i got back on the ground we both going over i'm tackling that's that, that's insane that's yeah. insane holding what, what? dog like because he said that he he said he thought he was flirting with Cassie. So that like he Wale wasn't even flirting or he didn't even, he wasn't even sure, but he thought she was flirting with Cassie. He was flirting with Cassie. So they held him and his bodyguards held him by his ankles over, over the thing. Over a thought. Yo. Over a yeah. thought. Ooh, my my my. Yeah, it was uh that bodyguard, some bodyguard was telling the story about it. And that's just I don't know, man. Like, once my feet touch the ground, I'm going to wrestle until we both fall off this balcony. <laughs> like, like, I'm, no. I'm saying, bro, like, at, at that point, somebody got to die. I'm like, oh, nah. Because I've already me. probably peed on myself and embarrassed myself. So nobody right. can tell this story <laughs> without, <laughs> without there being some kind of, like, I got my lick back. So nah. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not leaving that hotel without some sort of, of uh, <laughs> revenge or compensation. Like, no, nah, we, no, we, we gonna have to have, yeah, a celebrity death match for real, for real. Like, we, we, yeah. we fighting to the death at that point. But, um, I, I just wanted to leave, read a little more on this article. It says, once they entered a, ro- a romantic relationship, Didi and his inner circle allegedly controlled every aspect of her life. The lawsuit claims those close to the founder of Bad Boy Records turned a blind eye to physical abuse. Beatings were witnessed by Mr. Combs staff and employees, the suit read, but no one dared to speak up against their frightening and ferocious boss. Cassie says she never went to the police for fear that it would give Diddy an, an excuse to hurt her. In one instance of abuse in 2009, she allegedly kicked he allegedly kicked her repeatedly in the face, making her bleed and had his staff hide her in a hotel room. Every time she hid, Mr. Cohn's vast network of corporations and affiliated entities found her and those who worked for Mr. Cohn's companies implored her to return to him, the filing stated. Many went as far as to explicitly state that her failure to return to Mr. Combs would hinder her success in the entertainment industry. According to the suit, Cassie suffered memory loss from copious substance abuse and suicidal ideation during their her relationship with Diddy. The court papers cite an instance in which MRI results went directly to Diddy. Goodness gracious. Um... Elsewhere in the filing, Cassie alleged Diddy forced her to take part in freak-offs 
or an arrangement in which she had no choice but to plan and engage in sex acts with male sex workers while he masturbated. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was he- kind of hesitant to read that part, but I'm like, eh, okay, we, we, we made it. We, we in this far. Might as well keep going. The encounter continued for years in high-end hotels across the country and sometimes occurred as often as once a week, the lawsuit read. Diddy took photos and filmed the encounters. Cassie would delete videos shot on her phone to no avail once she was forced to watch footage on a flight that she thought she had gotten rid of. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And then I'm just going to co- go ahead and, conf- and finish this for those who, again, if you haven't heard all of what was in, you know, in this lawsuit, here's something else. Following an FO in 2016, he allegedly paid a hotel $50,000 to erase hallway surveillance footage of an intoxicated Diddy throwing glass vases at Cassie when she tried to escape after he gave her a black eye. She would take copious amount of drugs to disassociate during these horrific encounters, including ecstasy, cocaine, GHB, ketamine, marijuana, and alcohol in excessive amounts. The excessive substance use led to addiction, Cassie said. The lawsuit suggested Diddy blew up Kid Cudi's car in 2012 in retaliation for the Up, Up, and Away rapper's brief relationship with Cassie. Diddy once said he would target him. Around that time, the suit says Kid Cudi's car exploded in his driveway. Hey, yo! In a statement through his spokesperson, Cudi confirmed Cassie's account. This is all true, he told the New York Times. Did he force his way into her home and raped her in 2018, according to the filing, while she repeatedly said no and tried to push him away. Following the incident, Cassie left him for good. She ended her association with Bad Boy in 2019. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Boy, hmm. I, I just want to make a comment. If y'all are wondering why women don't speak up immediately after things happen, one, there are plenty of rape cases where rape kits are done, but then just sit in holding at the police station and never get resolved. Two, fear. Uh-huh. Fear of retaliation. The three, it's really kind of hard to, I don't want to say to prove rape, obviously, it's not really that hard, but when you've got situations like these, especially when you are with a hip-hop mogul who's worth uh, a little over a billion dollars, it would be kind of hard to file a case against Diddy in that regard because of who he is affiliated with, of his standing in the community how much money he has, what lawyers he has, and how he can finally, you know, wiggle his way out of a terrible situation. So, in this case, Diddy must have really, really been afraid of all of this getting out if he settled out of court for the amount of money that Steve speculates because, and it probably means he did more shit. Yeah. yeah. The, th- the thing is, I'm thinking... By the time a court date comes, how many people come forward? That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. So he nipped it in the bud the same day. So that's the only thing I can think of. And you know what? I think when when I talked to my coworker, he kind of mentioned that same thing. He was like, this Cassie case might just be the the, the floodgates opening. 
mm-hmm. for real, for real. This was the thing that, yeah, he nipped this one in the bud, but how many more women have gone through this shit with Diddy and how many more are going to come forward because of this? Yeah. This might be the, this might give them the courage to be like, you know what? Nah, I suffer some shit with Diddy. I'm going to expose it all. Mm-hmm. And this could turn into an R. Kelly situation real fast. Surviving P. Diddy is it, it's and I say that not to be funny. I'm 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 being dead serious. Like this could be that um that catalyst. So uh I I just have to say, y'all, um that's a lot to deal with, but there's a reason why a lot of women don't come forward with these things is because of fear and because the justice system does not do them any favors. And in Diddy's case, it's because of his money. And so all I have to say is, of course, this platform is a safe space for all survivors of sexual assault and all survivors of abuse of any point of kind. If you are a black woman who is you know, has dealt with these things, just remember that we do support you uh, and that we will be here to support you in any capacity that you need us to be in. You know, we are not here to shame you. We are not here to, you know, make you relive any trauma that you may have suffered. We are here to provide a safe space for you. This podcast was built on the protection of black women. That's what we're here for. And that's what we're doing. We're not about to sit here and, dive deep into massage noir we're not here to you know take the side of the oppressor or anything like that we are here of course to support you with that in mind i do have to talk about this man this man slim thug um made some comments saying mm-hmm. you know about the case saying that you know cassie kind of just did this for the money and whatnot and i just had to look at him like bro you know, I always find it funny when men, that's like their number one go-to. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I mean, she did it for the money. She did it for clout. Mm-hmm. This is, <laughs> look, <laughs> right. I, that's, I just got to shake my head on that. On pl- on top of that, Slim Thug should be the last person talking because, bro, don't you have a baby by your cousin? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Didn't you used to be a pimp? Mm. See, and I remember him saying also, Oh, if you don't claim your your sexual assault immediately, you can't claim you shouldn't be able to claim it later. I think that's a defense mechanism for all these niggas that's done something in the past and they're afraid that somebody's gonna come forward years yes. later. That's what I think it is, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that is that no, 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 that is a very fair point. And it's honestly that's the truth. It's very much a defense mechanism. It's very much their go-to statement, like, oh, you should have claimed mm-hmm. this when this happened, and yada, yada, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Now it just looks like you you cloud chasing. Like, first no. and foremost, you can't measure trauma. Mm-hmm. Like They've really they done something in the past that they find questionable, mm-hmm. or they feel like, you know what I'm saying, a, a woman can come forward, and they feel like, oh, well, she did. Let's just make sure that we make this statement. That way nobody can, you know what I'm saying, do it or whatever, try to protest for that shit. But I feel like when people say stuff like that, it's because they done done something in the past. Even if they haven't gone all the way to, you know, um, rape, but maybe something else to an extent where they feel like it was questionable. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, now they're afraid to get me too later on down the line. But it's like, I don't feel like anybody that 
doesn't have anything to hide, I don't think they would make a statement like that. Honestly, in my opinion. It's all facts, man. All facts. All I'm going to say is, you know, I believe Cassie. I think most of us believe Cassie because this sort of behavior is not unbecoming of Diddy. Like, this is not something that is out of the ordinary for Diddy. Like, this is Diddy we're talking about. Like, this, the behaviors that he's shown from the 30 years that he's been in this game, like, this isn't surprising. So mm-hmm. of for me, this is easily believable. Like I absolutely 100% believe whatever she said he did, he did that shit. He guilty as fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to <laughs> quote power, but I mean I it it fits. Like he he did that shit. Mm-hmm. So and as we said, to settle out of court this fast for that amount, yeah, he he damn sure he damn sure did whatever she said he did. Mm-hmm. And probably then some. Yeah. But um, Nasa, do you have any more comments regarding this? Because again, you are the the lady of the pod right now, you know, and I know that we've had these conversations before, but of course I want to make sure that I give you the floor to say your piece if you have to, anything to say. Um, cons- consent um to all males and women. Um, I think we should definitely have a lot more conversations around consent and just like having boundaries when it comes down to that um you know this whole cassie and diddy situation i think it's a very unfortunate situation um and i'm not going to minimize cassie's experience or anything like that um but again this is just i find this to be just another one of those examples it's just like when as a woman and not just as a as a woman but as like a black woman when we express our trauma please take it with consideration and take it some seriousness into it um because then you'll have like comments like you know like like that said or you know saying that you know us you know women are you know using it as cloud or using it as as money cassie already had her own money so it's not necessarily something that she would have needed but yeah. Um, you know, regardless of the point, I, you know, I just feel like these, this is, these are important conversations to have when especially it comes down to consent and just having boundaries in general. Um, and believing when an actual woman is, is sharing her experience. Now I do understand that like when it comes down to rape and, and, and certain things like that, that some people do fabricate, fabricate the story that that is facts. Um, but in this case, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, so when it's really, when you have evidence and you have more and more evidence that just keep piling up, believe it. Mm -hmm. Also to your point, when you said that, you know, Cassie had her own money, I would not be surprised because she was signed a bad boy. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Diddy was not paying her the way that he should have been paying her because listen, Diddy didn't pay a whole lot of artists yeah and just didn't recently they, didn't they just didn't he just recently gave them their masters or yes i literally was just about to say that he just recently allowed for his past artists to get their masters back like that's that's saying a lot yeah so mm-hmm. I, I you know what all i can say to that point is that yeah um again this this platform is a safe space so you know 
for all of our black women that are out there, you know, that come to this platform, just know that we support you and that we will do all that we can to be sure that, you know, that you are in the safe space and that, that we are here to be a support system. With that in mind, again, I'm just going to say for the record, Diddy is the, the villain that we all thought he was, and, and he might be even worse. So uh, take that with, with what you will. Dude has had issues, has issues, and uh, unfortunately, you know what? He's a mainstay in, in our community, especially for those of us who grew up with hip-hop. So it, it's going to take a lot for us to tear down those, those walls and tear down those systems because plenty of people who are not in Diddy's position but are well within the hip-hop community have that same mindset. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it just it's going to take a lot for us to change that. But it starts with within the home, you know, make sure that for those of you who have sons, that they know exactly what consent is. I don't care what that girl is wearing. I don't care how she looks. I don't care if if she, you know, comes off to you in a sexual manner. If out of her mouth, she says no. It means no. No means no. That's 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 all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Believe what comes out of her mouth uh, and leave it at that. Consent flows only over here. But with that, um, I think we had a very productive conversation here. I do want to ask, of course, my co host before we get the hell up out of here. Uh, again, Thanksgiving is coming up. For those who are listening to this, this is coming up the day before Thanksgiving. I just want to know. What's going on your on your plate and what's not going on your plate? NASA first. NASA. I'm so sorry. Say that again. What's going on your plate and what's not going on your plate? What's going on my plate? Let me tell you something. What's going on my plate is that good old turkey, them greens, the mac and cheese, that them yams, the good old fixings. Mm-hmm. Um, was not going on my plate. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I don't like the little cranberry sauce. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like cranberry sauce. And what's not going on my plate is, um, ham. I don't eat ham, so that's also not going on my plate. What else is not going on my plate? That's about it. Everything else I like, but yeah, those those two things gotta go. Wow. Okay, so, oh, dang, I just saw the CBS uh, news post that you just sent to me, bro. Wow. Yeah, I sent that, and I I sent um, inside inside of uh, Instagram the the bodyguard telling the story about Wale. Oh, yeah, I just saw that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, good grief, man. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, What's going on y'all's plates? Steve, what's, what's going on on your plate? What's not going on your plate? Yams are going on my plate, but they're only going on my plate on top of the mac and cheese. Um, we will have smoked turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, they had friends giving yesterday, and these niggas had a fucking deep fried fried turkey. And I've I've always heard people talk about it, but I've never had it. That shit was fire. <laughs> like okay. uh, that yes, shit sir. was fire. So I would like to get someone to fry turkey again, but um. For sure, for sure, it's going to be um, the yams on the mac and cheese. What's not going on my plate are chitlins. Mm. 
don't even think about it. I think about it. I, I kind of figured that, that was not going on your plate. <laughs> don't even try it. I'll flip all this shit over. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, listen, the, the person who um cooked the chitlins in my family, unfortunately, she is no longer here with us. So I don't know if chitlins is gonna be made this Thanksgiving, and I'm like kind of hesitant to try anybody else's. So that's just that's just my personal opinion. But um, of course, y'all already know turkey is going on my plate, whether it be smoked, whether it be flash fried or even if it's just regular baked. You know, my family knows how to make a good baked turkey. So that's going on the plate. Um, What's not going on my plate is um, I ain't even going to say stuffing is not going on my plate because it might it just might depending on who cook it. Uh, Mac and cheese definitely going on the plate. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you already know the yams and the and the mac and cheese got a touch. The greens, rice. I know that if you haven't listened to it, mob, obviously people have an issue with giblet gravy. But me personally, <laughs> giblet gravy is damn sure going on my rice. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but that's just that that country boy and me. So I I can only speak for myself though. I have. Give a gravy good as hell. So mm, I never tried it, but since you've been campaigning about it and they do always have it at Thanksgiving, I will try it on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely try and tell me what you think. Now, if, if it ain't good, man, then I mean it, it is what it is. But for me personally, that's that's my go-to. White rice and give a gravy that always is. Okay. Um I, I didn't get a chance to say this on it, Mom, but I'm also not the biggest fan of cranberry sauce, whether it's out the can or homemade. Like, I love cranberries. I love cranberry juice. It's just, I think it's the cranberry texture. Sauce just, just not. Yeah, I think it's just the texture, honestly. Though, I will say, cranberries, uh, it, it's a little bit of cranberry sauce on the turkey. I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I you kind of use it as like a glaze for the turkey, and it's honestly not bad. But cranberry sauce by itself, no, it's it's not happening. Not yeah, I don't think I ever eat it by itself. My yeah, my aunt uses fresh cranberries, and then she uses probably the whole bag of sugar because that should be sweet as fuck. <laughs> but that that like that cranberry sauce be fire. Um, that's the only cranberry sauce I eat. Ocean spray, I don't fuck with that, but some mm. people do. Mm-mm. Listen, listen, I'll drink. I don't mind drinking the Ocean Spray cranberry juice or the cranberry juice cocktail, but uh, no, we we're not doing that cranberry that canned cranberry sauce. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what's not. Oh, oh, um, field peas is not going on my plate. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like if it's if it's black eyed peas, cool. But if it's field peas, no, thank you. Um, I'm cool with that, and and green peas too. Green peas, if you if for whatever reason my family decides to have green peas this Thanksgiving, that ain't going on my plate either. Mm. We we don't really do that, but still, I gotta I gotta make a, a a note about that because again, I will champion black eyed peas until I die, but field mm. peas, y'all got it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, guys, um. Again, thank you for tuning into this episode. I think we really had a, a deep conversation about 
of the situation involving, you know, Diddy and Cassie and what that means for our community in general. And I hope that as you listen to this episode, you take something from that and you take and heed our words when we say that. Like, we already got too many weirdos in this damn community as is. Mm -hmm. And we don't need any more uh, misogyny and other parts of or other toxic parts of the community to be on top of that as well so again consent flows only and just be cool man don't don't try to force yourself on women like that like what we, we don't do that over here and hold each other accountable of course if you know a friend that is doing some strange ass shit check them mm-hmm. and if he and if he don't change you probably need to find some new friends hmm Yep. I'm just going to keep it like that. Uh, let us know what uh, if you're going to be watching any new shows around Thanksgiving, because I will say that Thanksgiving time is also around the time that I do binge a lot of uh, shows as well. Uh, I remember last Thanksgiving, I think I binged. Uh, I binged Wednesday during mm. Thanksgiving. So if there are any shows that you guys are going to be watching, you know, let us know. And uh, you can interact with us on. Instagram, or you can interact with us on Twitter and let us know what you got going on. Uh, with that in mind, I think it's a good time to wrap up. Do we have any new business highlights or uh, anything anybody wants to share? No, uh, but y'all go go ahead and give me a, a quick follow on Instagram at the GBGBO brand. That is my clothing apparel. Uh, clothing apparel. We're still in the works. We're still, you know growing into we're going to take our time and just grow into success and learn all that we can as far as having a new business um but in the meantime between time go ahead and uh shoot me a follow sounds good sounds good uh steve you got anything that you want to promote of course as always follow inside the mind of a blurred and wake the dead blurred mind productions if you guys are into audiobooks, I have a supernatural audiobook that is every other Wednesday, Quake the Dead. You guys go listen to it. Um, other than that, man, that's it for me. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, if there are no other new business highlights or uh new promotions that we want to talk about, let's go ahead and do this rundown and sign off. So, of course, the rundown is our segment where we shout out the podcast, content creators, music artists, artists in general, and black businesses that have either been on this podcast or have supported this podcast. So starting with the podcast, of course, Show Go High, Inside the Mind of a Blurred. Ooh, goodness gracious. Shout out to the gang. Uh, y'all already know Mike Check, Waifu, Waifu. Uh, definitely shout out to uh, Polo, Morefly, and King Teliano. They still still doing their thing over there, and I still enjoy their listen listening to their podcast each and every Tuesday. Uh, of course, shout out to Worst Generation Pod and Blanime Podcast, a.k.a. Anime After Dark Community Hangout. If you haven't checked them out, please be sure that you check them out every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. CST or 9.30 p.m. EST on Twitter slash X Spaces. All right, shout out to the Truth and Transparency Pod with Brother X, the Culture Scientist, and Mr. Smith. 
the session with Jordan and Trey whenever that decides to come back. Uh, Cameron A is going to be dropping a new podcast soon, so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's so real with Raquel and Onaji. Dad needs to talk with Rob, the father of Vash. Analytical shit is critical. Geek Set Podcast, Anime Junkies, three weeks on a podcast. Those anime girls, anime's anime, and of course, the commute. Uh, for black content creators, shout out to Black Anime with Aaron, HBCU Anime with Evan, Sundari with Erica, Cerberus Entertainment, Taddy Poodle, The Geechee Gamer, Icarus Metro Comics with my boy Calvin. Shout out to the Gang Club Taku. You already know what it is. Um, oh, by the way, I know that you know this is kind of late, but um, Tabby Birthday Wave got yeah, I, and I'll tell you that on the uh Discord as well, but yeah, definitely just want to be sure I gave you a quick birthday shout out, bro. Continue doing your thing, man, and continue uh being a menace to these. niggas uh shout out to shelby of course with simply janine simply baked and rose less travel dang i'm stumbling over my words again uh definitely shout out to strange keith with idols icons that is actually getting ready to drop very 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 soon so please be on the lookout for that uh shout out to toasty marshmallow who i heard was the life of the party at anime nyc uh of course big shout out to miss simone with by simone malcolm and of course miss courtney with none of my friends watch anime and of course, Scoop is Steven Alpha with Blur My Productions. For our black artists, of course, we got our very own NASA. Chevrolet, definitely shout out to our boy Scoozy, Jack Union, Phil.me, Ellis Quinn. Shout out to the boy RJ Stackhouse. Shout out to Quarter, Tyrone Leak Jr., our girl Argyle Shell, who is actually really becoming famous before our very eyes. So I definitely got to get Ari back on this podcast. Uh, shout out to Zach Hines and Fortresses, our girl Elena, and of course, our girl Zaynab. And then for Black Business shoutouts, already paid by Dre, Fresh Nurse, Righteous Minds by Timo, KSS Brand by Christina, Cream Cosmetics by Naima, Mind of Money by Tremaine, Studio Maho with, of course, the guys Pat and Yen, Concept Moon, She Designs 2 with my girl Erin, Black Magic slash Lit Wands with Low and T, H4 Creative with my girl Zenobia, Real Estate Stone by my girl Meredith, Sold by Bell with my girl Mariah, of course, Blur My Studios with the boy Steve, The Good Vibes, Good Vibes Only Brand by Miss Nasa, Coasters Bar and Grill, which is located at Buckrow Beach in Hampton, and Scrappy Sentiment with our girl Sappy. With that, ladies and gentlemen, be sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the Chaotic Culture Podcast on your favorite digital streaming platform. Be sure that you subscribe to the Patreon for early access to the podcast and bonus episodes of the podcast. You can subscribe to any of the four levels listed, whether it be $3, $5, $7, or $10. It doesn't matter. We appreciate your support. You can follow our Facebook page at Chaotic Culture Podcast. You can follow us on IG at Chaotic Culture Pod and follow us on X slash Twitter at Chaotic underscore Culture. You can follow me, Ked the Pro. That's K3D the Pro on all social media. You can follow Ms. Nasa at underscore call me nasa on all social media you can follow law on ig at l.jr underscore 96 and on twitter at law 96 underscore you can follow miss sappy at scratch 14 on all social media you can follow jaylee trey at jaylee trey on all social media and of course you can follow steve at scuba steve 1428 on all social media this has been another edition of the chaotic culture podcast so until next time folks remember embrace the culture chaos rules be blessed be safe have a wonderful Thanksgiving. God is love. Two up, two down. It's the KKP on your mother flipping airways. Hear the name ringing through the halls and the stairways. You will listen.
listening to a bar that can segue All the latest toppers guaranteed to fill your headspace It's a safe place to voice your opinion Say what you feel just like you're a kid again Kid to pro and friends black as a Indian Chaotic culture, that's the world we living in So what's the word? You are now tuned in to the Chaotic Culture Podcast And...